Hey folks, welcome into Pro Football Ireland. Uh, Michael McQuaid, Connell Diggin here as well for a special appearance. As we go through our team focus, we're on to the West in this episode of the AFC West. Looking at the Denver Broncos, we, we've had some great guests so far. And uh, well, if any Broncos fan will know that this guy uh, is a good guy to chat to about the Broncos. Nine news. Uh, Mike Cliss, Mike, it's it's always good to see you. It's It's been a while now. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing good. You know, it's a, it's a peculiar uh, off-season with Sean Payton just because he has not um, had a whole lot of availability for the media compared to what we're used to. So, um, uh, but what the way it looks so far, it looks like there's uh, Sean Payton's having an impact and there's reason for there's reason for optimism for the Bronco uh, fans, I think. I have to, I have to agree with you there, Mike. It's, it, it, there is reason for optimism, and I, I, I know we'll get into sort of going down that route of talking about that in a second. You're talking about the availability. It's, it's weird because when I seen you in Phoenix in Radio Row, Sean Payton had an impromptu press conference on the yeah. floor of the conference center, and it's, since then it has been quite quiet. H- how impressed have you been generally? Because even on that morning, he was you know, very attentive. He was very gracious with his time and very, very positive, which is good to see. Yeah, when he does have a press conference, they they are much longer than we're used to. You know, we're used to the 10-minute press conferences. You know, maybe they go 12, maybe they go 14. His have gone a half hour. Um, you know, uh, they're, they're few and far between, but they're uh, meaningful when we do get them. Um, it was 18 minutes the last time. One time it was only five. He was busy. He want, he likes to control the situation. Uh, uh, it's it's not where the PR person uh, stands up there and says one more or two more. He's uh, he's in control and he'll go as long as he wants. And uh, sometimes, uh, you know that uh, uh, the, the the person behind him has to delay. <laughs> uh and and move on to other things and but uh it's been good you know we got a feel for him and and what he likes i think it's going to be a tougher bronco team it's gonna um be one with more grit more physicality he really concentrated on the uh, up front uh on both sides of the ball especially the offensive side i mean uh, some of his first signs his first two signs were um left guard Ben Powers and right tackle Mike McGlinchey. And um, his third sign uh, was Zach Allen, a defensive tackle. And the next day he signed a blocking tight end, Chris Manners. So uh, he's really concentrating on becoming more physical and bigger and stronger up front. Yeah, and I guess, you know, it's staying on the, the Sean Payton thing. Like this is the Broncos' fourth head coach in seven years or eight years. And is there kind of a feeling, at least when he was hired, and a feeling now that, you know, not only is this his team, but it's like this is the guy who has to, we have to hit on this head coach because, you know, there have been some good things with the last few head coaches, but this one needs to get us to the playoffs and get us over that hump. Yeah, definitely. I mean, for many reasons. One, um, you know, they have tried. What happened was, uh, I think the previous three coaches were uh, first-time head coaches. Uh, Vance Joseph, Vic Fangio, who had been around forever, but was a first-time head coach. And um, and then Nathaniel Hackett, and none of them worked out, so they didn't want to go experience this time. And uh, so that uh, that's one reason why there's expectations with Sean Payton. The other reason is 
they paid them big bucks. I mean, uh, I, you know, it, my estimates and, you know, based on what I've heard, it's somewhere between 17 and 20 million a year, which makes him one of the top two or three head coach uh, paid head coaches in the league. And they had to give up a first round draft pick to the New Orleans Saints. So they had to give up a lot to get them. And so there is some um, immediate expectations um, of him. So, um, and it starts with him and Russell Wilson to see how they turn out. And um, we'll see how that goes, um, uh, you know, going forward here. Mike, one of the major positives for Broncos fans listening in or watching to this is, you know, the retention of certain players. Alex Singleton having a career year last year, his journey to the NFL, never mind getting to Philadelphia or Denver is one thing, but a great guy, a guy that's emerging as a leader in this team. And they now extend him and, quite decent value as well over three years. Yeah, Alex Singleton, um, I, I wouldn't say he came on last year. Uh, career year, um, yes, is true. Uh, he was a leading tackler for the Eagles the two years prior to showing up for the Broncos. So he's been the team's leading tackler three years in a row. But for whatever reason, I, I think because the inside linebacker position has been devalued, um, you know, it's kind of become the running back of the of the defensive position um you know he just wasn't getting he just wasn't getting offers i mean he signed for the basically the minimum i think uh that uh, minimum signing bonus uh, above minimum last year and so this year he got three years and 18 million he got six million this year guaranteed uh so that's a nice contract for him and uh then they drafted a guy drew sanders right behind him third round who they're really high on as an inside linebacker so you can see how this works you know they're Josie Joel is in the last year of his deal they still love Josie but Josie hasn't stayed healthy the last couple of years and so you can kind of see the grand master plan that this is the last year for Josie Singleton slides over becomes that every down linebacker uh, next year and then Drew Sanders moves up um to be, to be a starter. So that seems to be the grand plan. But yeah, Alex Singleton is one of those guys undrafted, went to the Canadian Football League, a uh, late bloomer. Uh, he, he, I think he had three years in the Canadian Football League. Undrafted out of Montana State way back when. Just couldn't get his foot in the door. I, I, he kept getting looks, but no one believed in him. And even last year, guys, in training camp, he didn't get a, a first-team rep. Uh, he played behind Jonas Griffith, who got every first and second team rep, and Josie Jewell, and it kind of took Jonas, it took injuries to both those guys to get Alex Singleton in there. And then he was making more than 20 tackles a game. And they said, well, why do we keep taking this guy out for these other guys if he's getting 20 tackles a game? So uh, very nice player, great special team player too. The only bad thing about him emerging as an every-down inside linebacker is that uh, – He's probably the best special teams player, tackler they have. Uh, one game he didn't play, uh, Joel was healthy, Griffith was healthy. He didn't play a down on defense, and he had three special teams tackles. Just a football player, great smile. He smiles on the field. You see it, you know, uh, the cameras always catch him smiling. Uh, loves football, and that's the type of guy you want, um, you know, kind of as a role player if you're going to be a good team. Yeah, and you brought up kind of injuries there. And, you know, I think one problem that we as Broncos fans and even people around the league have seen the last few years is 
it just seems that two of the Broncos' five best players will end up with a long-term injury just at some point in the year. You know, Cortland Sutton had a torn ACL a couple of years ago. Russell Wilson wasn't fully healthy last year. And same with, you know, Randy Gregory, who when he played, he played fairly well, but he just couldn't stay on the field. So is there is there a reason for hope in the health of the Broncos coming into this year? Well, they certainly addressed it uh, as much as they can. Uh, Bo Lowry was brought in. He's this uh, sports science guru uh, from LSU, and he worked with uh, Sean Payton and the Saints before. He kind of oversees everything, the training room, uh, the, the the cafeteria, the chef, the, the, the dietitian. Um, he oversees the weight room. So he kind of lords over the whole sports performance program. Um, that's new. That's an added spot. And Greg Penner, um, I, I believe Greg Penner um, worked with uh, Bo Lowry and his uh, company. He's got a side company in sports performance also in Arizona. And Bo Lowry was part of that. And then Dan Darrymple came in as the uh, uh, weight, uh, weight training guy, uh, a conditioning um, coordinator, if you will. Um, he was with the Saints and, and Sean Payton for 15 years. So, uh, they, and, and I, the word I keep or the phrase slogan I keep hearing from those guys is um, it's old school with new school approach. The one thing they did different was they didn't start football in phase one or phase two. They did uh, uh, nothing but conditioning and weightlifting for two phases before they got on the field for OTAs. And uh, maybe that'll help. There is quite a few players on the side. Uh, they're not saying what the injuries are. Um, and and there's players in and out. I'm not sure it's any better or any worse than last year. Um, I'll say this. They had Lauren Landau as their strength and conditioning guy last year. And he trains all the Olympic athletes and these uh, MMM fighters. I mean, he knows what he's doing, too. So we'll see if it's going to be a, a market improvement. But whatever reason injuries have battled have uh, uh, plagued the Broncos in recent years but to me injuries always seem to go with bad teams and uh, I don't know what it is um, I think some of this with the IR is you're out of it you know like in December you get a lot of players put on IR because you're out of it and if you're in it and you're a playoff team you're fighting through the injuries and you're, and you're going to play through December and January well, if you're out of it, you're not going to play in December and January. You're going to rest up for next year, free agency. So, so there, there's some of those numbers can be skewed, um, but uh, there's no doubt about it. Injuries have been a factor. Javante Williams went down early last year. Uh, you know, Vaughn Miller and Bradley Chubb, the edge rushers before Gregory, uh, Baron Browning went down. They they at some key positions. They suffered some injuries, and, um, you know, health is uh, its a battle of attrition in the NFL, especially with a 17-game schedule. And uh, the other thing that Sean Payton's going to do is he's going to have these guys play in the preseason. And Nathaniel Hackett didn't want to play in the preseason, and they wonder if, uh, you know, not being calloused was part of the injury problem last year. This team won't be as calloused as the CBA allows, and uh, they do hope. Uh, that means that they'll be more durable in 2023. This is probably the most non-American analysis here, uh, Mike, just in regards to it. But 
I fully agree. I think you know, get get more reps in the preseason. You see it in soccer in different leagues, and it just gets them into it. So cer- certainly agree with you there. And obviously they're playing wherever now: Germany, London, all these teams. So the travel is a big factor. Um, everyone's talking about the AFC East this year. This is like the talk the talk time this year. Uh, we're we're talking in early June for people for people on the podcast. Not like there is still talk about the AFC West, like, but there's not as much this year just because of everything that's happened. I just just wonder what your sort of initial thoughts are before we go into training camp around where the rest of the of the division is. The whole Jimmy Garoppolo situation is crazy. It's something that could play in to Denver's hands, especially where they have them on the schedule. It was a first and last as well if they haven't got a starting quarterback, but. Um, the West is always going to be interesting, especially when you got Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert there. Yeah, I mean, Mahomes and Herbert are two sensational uh, uh, quarterbacks. And, and Herbert maybe didn't meet expectations last year because he was hurt and he played through injury. And just like Josh Allen did with the elbow. I can't remember what was Herbert's uh, injury last year. Uh, Might have been a hip, but he wasn't quite the mm-hmm. same. And when you're not healthy you're not going to be as good. I mean, Josh Allen is still a sensational talent, but he played hurt with a with an Aldar uh, ligament strain in his elbow. I mean, that's going to affect your passing. Uh, and so um, if Herbert is healthy, I, I fully expect him to bounce back. Um, they lost, uh, losing Derek Carr, I tell you what, I was, I always thought Derek Carr was the most underrated quarterback in the NFL based on how he played against the Broncos. The Raiders have a six-game winning streak against the Broncos. Everyone knows that the Chiefs have beaten them 15 times in a row. And, uh, you know, so that has made it difficult for the Broncos. But the Raiders beat them six in a row. And Derek Carr always made clutch plays against the Broncos and and played well. I think that's – I think the Raiders make a step back without Derek Carr. Jimmy Garoppolo, to me, uh, is not as impressive as – you know, as Derek Carr is. And uh, so uh, I do think the Broncos will move ahead of the Raiders this year. I would pick them to be ahead of the Raiders. I'm not sure about the Chargers, um, other than things always seem to go wrong with the Chargers. And they have questions about their head coach, Brandon Staley. The Broncos now definitely have one up on the coaching front. Sean Payton is better than Brandon Staley on the coaching front. So can he get Russell Wilson? to play as well as Justin Herbert is the next step of, of the equation. Um, but, uh, yeah, the Chiefs are, are still the team. Um, you look around, Joe Burrow, and everyone believes in the Bengals now with Joe Burrow and Chase and, and, and that receiving core. Uh, the Miami Dolphins are getting a lot of love because they have a sensational receiving core, although there's real questions about their quarterback with all the concussions that uh, Tua uh, has received. If he can stay healthy, they should be pretty good. But yeah, that's why I think the uh, the AFC has uh, it's it's more AFC than it is AFC West because of Josh Allen coming back healthy, uh, Joe Burrow, uh, Tua if he can stay healthy with those receivers. Uh, there's just a lot of firepower overall in the AFC, and the Broncos were 32nd in offense last year, and you can't compete in this conference uh, if you can't score, no matter how good your defense is. I mean, they were five and twelve with a top ten defense. It's you got to score in this in the AFC. 
and you got to score in the AFC West, especially against the Chiefs. And uh, the Broncos uh, failed on both fronts, and they failed against the Raiders, for that matter, the last three years also. Yeah, and, you know, I'm, I'm kind of surprised we've gone this far into our conversation and we've not mentioned really one name. And the one name who would have been mentioned straight out of the block uh, if I asked you last year, but, you know, Russell Wilson, you know, there was a couple games last year where he did show, there was a couple of drives where he showed flashes of the old Russell Wilson. I, like even the game over in London, he was he was an entirely different player, especially in the second half of that game. So is there is there any difference in opinion going into this year and should we maybe feel uh, more excited than from what we saw from him last year? Yeah, there's been a lot of changes with Russell Wilson this year. Uh, one, it looks like he's lost a lot of weight. He has lost a lot of weight. We don't, he wouldn't say how much, but it looks like it's 15 to 20 uh, that he's lost. Um, it's significant. And I saw him outrun Zach Allen in a, you know, in a 11 on 11 there in shorts. But uh, around the around the left edge, he outran uh, Zach Allen on on a play already in OTAs, uh, so that was encouraging. Um, you know the, the 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 you know Russell being the number one guy, kind of uh, the red carpet, the king of the of the team. That's gone away. Russell will or um, and really his office that everyone talks about. Sean Payton didn't take it away. Greg Penner took it away. Um, it happened with about two or three weeks at the end of last season that the, um, you know, they, the, the team management went to Russ and said, look, it's a, probably a good idea if we take away all these special privileges we gave you when the, when the trade was made. So the offices uh, have been taken away. They no longer have his personal coaching staff in the building uh, and, and attending uh, the, the, workouts it's just the sean payton's coaches that's what that's one thing that uh sean payton has done also so it's not uh you know uh, russell wilson and everybody else that perception has been taken away uh when russ had his first press conference he was different you know he he always had these motivational long-winded slogans and happy happy joy joy nothing ever bothered him he was a lot more clipped in his answers, a lot more direct, um, still more positive than any man you're ever going to meet. And because that's who he is, that's truly who he is. Um, question is, will he, will he pick the right guy to throw to in the pocket? And, uh, that is something that became a concern last year with, uh, the, the quarterback gurus that were breaking down tape of the Broncos. Kurt Warner was, kind of the first one to do it. A lot of people were kind of jumped on that bandwagon where, uh, you know, kind of piled out that Russ wasn't seeing the field. Right. I, you know, I'm not a quarterback expert to go that, to go like that, but he still can throw the long ball. Um, he's still good in the clutch. I mean, even though they, you know, he, maybe not every game was good at, at, at finished, but, you know, I always thought Russ competed and and, and pulled out a game or two um, in, in the in the fourth quarter. You know, there's talk about him staying in the pocket, not scrambling enough, which is part of his game. He did do that always late in the game if they were trailing. His, his competitive instincts took over. So, 
he's 34 this year uh, or 33 turning 34 uh, and and we'll see if if it's weight if it's a new mindset uh, if it's age we're gonna find if it was coaching we're gonna find that out this year with Sean Payton just finally Mike very very quickly finally um you sound very optimistic is is that the feeling over in Denver at the minute I, I know it's time of recording Nuggets are flying high hopefully gonna win the NBA finals it's a good time to be a sports fan in the States. Uh, is there that sort of, you know, cautious optimism just out of Dull Valley? Yeah. Uh, yes and no. Um, first of all, the Broncos, because they've had losing seasons now six straight years, haven't been to playoffs in seven straight years. The Avalanche won the Stanley Cup last year. The Nuggets are in their first ever NBA finals this year and heavily favored to beat the Heat. Beware the Heat. Um the Broncos are really, you know, people aren't paying attention to the Broncos like they have in the past. That's been the storyline is they're not the story, um, you know. And so it's it's incumbent upon the Broncos to make themselves relevant again in this town. And uh, I do believe in Sean Payton. Uh, I, I, you know, I the Saints were about as bad as they could be when he took over that team and he made up a playoff team. Now he brought in Drew Brees right away, and Drew Brees did not have a damaged shoulder. He had a uh, repaired shoulder and uh, helped lead that team. So we'll see how much it was Drew Brees, how much it was Sean Payton. I was impressed how the Saints won when Brees was injured, when Brees was broken down, which he kind of was this last year there age-wise. And the year after Breeze uh, retired, they went nine and eight with uh, uh, Jameis Winston, who got hurt. And then uh, they still had a winning year with uh, Taysom Hill, who cannot throw. Um, you know, he is, you know, he's he's a little better than Tim Tebow passing, but the very similar style that they that they won with. I think Sean Payton knows how to win in the National Football League. I think the Broncos will win this year. I, I, I do think they'll be... My prediction is ten and seven. My prediction last year, by the way, was ten and seven. <laughs> so take that for what it's worth. Um, I think I picked them ten and seven all three years of the seventeen game schedule. Uh, so uh, uh, if at first you don't succeed, try try again. But uh, you know, I, I guess I'm gonna go, I'm gonna say that Sean between Sean Payton and Russell Wilson, there's too much positive history there to believe the Broncos won't be a winning team. There's concern about depth. Um, they've traded away all their draft picks the last couple of years for us and now the coach. Um, so there's concern there if they get injuries again. But I think Sean Payton and Russell Wilson together, um, you know, this team will be 10-7. and seven. Still may not beat the Chiefs. Still won't beat the Chiefs for the AFC West. But 10-7 and seven might get them in, a, 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 you know, a first round road playoff game and see what happens there. Ticket and run, ticket and run. Any NFL fans in Ireland, the UK, Europe that enjoy the West, the Broncos, or anywhere in the NFL, at Mike Kliss. Mike is the man to follow for Broncos content. Mike, it's it's great to speak to you again, my friend, and hopefully we'll we will repay you if a Starbucks in Radio Row in the Bellagio in February. Please God. Thanks so much, Mike. Yeah, it'll have to be a pub, not or not the Starbucks, but I'll 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 uh, I enjoyed it. <laughs>